Beautiful self-jerking off theme song that my friend wrote me. Welcome to Castle Comps episode 71, where I am, of course, a fucking nobody. And you were, of course, somebody who's listening to a nobody. Go figure. So yeah, it's been a fucking week. Let's talk about it. So, I don't get many vacations. I maybe have one in like six years, five years or so. So, time came around. Or my wife's pregnant and she's like, hey, I want to go to Disneyland one more time before baby number two. So, of course, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We take our kid to our local amusement park to see if she can handle a Disneyland. <laughs> and needless to say, my two-year-old daughter failed the test miserably. This kid has no patience. This kid wants everything now. This kid is pretty much... All of the stubbornness of myself, plus the impatience of my wife, it's a bad combination for an amusement park. So we decided to leave her home with grandma and grandpa. And you know, she she hated it. She didn't know we were going to the happiest place on fucking earth, but she was just like, Audrey, go on trip. Audrey, go on trip. And I was just like, nah, kid, <laughs> you're not going on the trip. I'm sorry. So right off the bat, you know, just guilt, guilt on guilt on guilt. And you know, it's funny, I'm just jumping into this story and I didn't really do an introduction except for, you know, I start by insulting myself and then I insult you, the viewer. So maybe don't do that in the future. Welcome to Castle Comms episode 71, where we're doing a live episode. My camera doesn't want to focus. I usually don't do live episodes. I usually have another motherfucker here to feed off of, which is a lot easier because, you know, I don't have to talk the whole goddamn time. I could be like, oh, Kaylin Ader or whoever's on the show. Like, what's the, what are you, what are your thoughts on this, this, and that? And then they go, and then I just sit back and I take a fucking, you know, a bonger, and I just relax. But I, I don't have that luxury, so sorry for jumping the gun there. So, jumping back to the story. We leave the kid at home. She's sad. We call her every night before she goes to bed. Still... Not super stoked. So, we go. My wife can't ride most of the rides at Disneyland because, you know, pregnant. Most of the shit you can't do. So, we haven't been to Disneyland in a long time. So, last time I went to Disneyland was probably like, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago where they had Fast Pass. And now Fast Pass is gone. They have this weird thing called Genie Pass where you have to buy a package and you get Fast Pass. But it's only for certain rides. It's not for every ride in the park like a Fast Pass used to be. So we go to, like, you know, all the staples that she can go on in her condition. Like, we go on Haunted Mansion. We go on Pirates of the Caribbean. We go on Splash Mountain because the doctor said Splash Mountain's okay. Everything else, though, you know, not really. We didn't really fuck with. It's pretty much, we just walked around Disneyland, looked at all the new shit in eight, which was pretty cool. So when we get to the Star Wars ride, that brand new one where you, like, get, you know, you're part of the Republic and then you get, like, arrested by the Empire or the First Order and they put you in the ship. That one has like a two hour wait 
all the time. And Fast Pass and Genie Pass is not a thing, but you can pay. This is, this is where I don't understand Disney. They want you to pay 25 bucks for a one-time use Fast Pass. So think about that. A family of four going to Disneyland for the first time that's already paying a shit ton of money to go to Disneyland, stay at a hotel, potentially travel out of country to get there. They want them to pay another $100 if they don't want to wait in a two-hour line. That's the kind of shit I don't understand about Disneyland. Like, that place prints money. And you can tell just by walking around, even if you don't know shit about Disney. Like, you look at the new Star Wars land and all the crazy cool like concept and art they put into it you know they, they got money they're not hurting why the fuck are they nickel and diming families who just want to go to their amusement park like this isn't even Disney World this is Disneyland the lesser park in California lesser park quote-unquote I've never been to Disney World I don't fucking know so it was definitely weird going to a place that was that established that big and still seeing the nickel and dime game come into effect but you know <laughs> I guess that's just fucking Disneyland for you it doesn't really make much sense to me. I know those characters, there's not as like plentiful as they used to be. I remember when I was a kid, like the thing would be you get an autograph book, you find all the characters, you have them sign the little book, and that was like your thing. It was like somebody to get kids involved with the characters. They still have those autograph books, but like we didn't really see that many characters, which is weird because we went like Christmas time. So you think, you know, everybody would be on display in like full Christmas regalia. No, not quite. Like we saw Jack Skellington, which is cool because I'm sure he's only out at Disney. We saw Chip and Dale walking down Main street fucking nuzzling nuts they were just holding like their their chipmunk nuts like a baby walking down main street that was kind of funny to see and then uh that was about it like i didn't see mickey i didn't see donald i didn't see minnie i saw a live action peter pan and i think her name is wendy the girl in blue and gaston <laughs> that was all i saw character wise which was kind of weird i don't think i've ever seen gaston previously and probably the funniest thing i heard in disney is we were at that place where it's like gaston's restaurant it's all like alpy and stuff we were eating and i heard some lady across the way like talking to her friends there's like some lady in her 40s with like other women in their 40s like no one fucks like gaston and it was like weird thing to hear at disney but here we are so yeah that was that was the trip so it wasn't like the whole thing that pretty much just wraps it up it's just walking around disney land eating food taking care of the pregnant wife hoping that you know everything is just mellow at home hoping the kid's not driving my parents crazy so we get back to the house and <laughs> the power is out it's raining super hard and it sucks. No power with a little kid who wants to watch Coco Melon and watch Blue's Clues and Dora the Explorer who's tired of playing Picnic and all the other random games and tired of reading books. All she wants to do is watch that fucking show. So, you know, you want to you wanna appease them. You want to give them that show to watch so they calm the fuck down and there's no show to give them. So, you know, you entertain them as they can until it's time for them to go to bed. So, next day rolls around, we figure power situations definitely get be better, right? Unfortunately not. So, my house was doing this weird thing where you turn on a light and like it felt like we we're being throttled with how much electricity we could take in you would turn on one light it would be kind of like shitty and then you turn on another light and the light you originally turned on would turn off or get very dim so it's like we were being throttled so call the local power company and they can't come out because it's sunday so we have to wait a whole nother day of this Monday rolls around, they come out, and they're like, oh, there's a branch that's fucking with your power line that's randomly sending random amounts of power to your house. Like, sometimes we get a little, sometimes we get a lot. So we got surged constantly. So this part sucks. So a few of our surge protectors 
got surged with this power and the internals of them melted. So things for like computers, surge protectors for the television, surge protector for our internet destroyed. So we had to get brand new surge protectors. And then after we did all that, we went to the circuit box, you know, you flick the ones that are off to on and a few of them wouldn't go back to on. They would like immediately flick back to off or in a neutral. So that's already like uh oh something's wrong so look it up on youtube and it's like oh you have faulty circuits and all this other shit so we call an electrician to come out and it turns out the damage is more extensive so they have to replace the entire circuits that are damaged and they have to like go through the house and they notice that there was a lot more damage so we got pretty fucked up off of one bad power outage the branch i don't know if it was the surging that did it i don't know if it was previous damage to the house that did it i just know that it's gonna cost a lot of money which kind of sucks, but you know what? You bounce back. Who gives a fuck? It's one of those things where you put money aside for these rainy day scenarios because you know they're going to happen, and unfortunately in this scenario, it fucking happened. So I was completely unplugged from the world during my Disneyland trip. Like, I didn't see the gaming awards. I know that Bill Clinton somehow made an appearance. Either somebody talking about him or he was physically there. I don't really know. I didn't really look into it. I just saw Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton. So I don't know what the fuck's going on in that. And then... <laughs> On the other side, about a day later, Valorant puts out that two of their characters, Killjoy and Raze, are in a same-sex relationship, which is cool. I don't, I don't understand why people are making such a big deal out of it. Like, I haven't played Valorant in a very long time. I like both those characters, even though I'm mostly not a duelist. I usually play support, so I played Killjoy quite a few times. So... When to see people in the chat saying, I'm not going to play this character anymore because of a relationship that the people who made these characters begin with decided to introduce in their lore doesn't really. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand why people take the sexual orientation of a character to light, but hey, that's some people. With that said, let's take a bong hit. It's been a good minute. I don't take the fattest of hits anymore because I'm an adult, you know? Like, my lungs already feel pretty damaged. Like, you know, years of smoking, cigarette usage, military usage, being exposed to burn pits. I think burn pits did the most damage to me. Like, my history with smoking, I never smoked pot. Let me rephrase that. I didn't smoke pot for the longest time. I grew up in a place where pot's everywhere. Like, literally, pot's thrown at you from the age of, like, the fifth grade all the way to senior in high school. And then when you get to college, it's just a fucking given. So I, I didn't I didn't partake in the longest time until I got to around sophomore year of high school when I was working at Carl's Jr. with my best friend. My best friend got cancer. One of those really unfortunate things that happened. He was having a lot of pain in his leg. And then one day he went to the doctor, had an x-ray, and they're like, oh, you got a fucking tumor in there. So, you know, cancer sucked. And then he got a medical card because it was the only thing that could really make him hungry during the chemo and shit. And he's like, I don't want to smoke this shit by myself. His brother smoked and he was just like, I don't want to be my brother. Fuck that guy. <laughs> that was his attitude at the time. That later changed. So, you know, I'd smoke with him and that's, uh, that's how all that started. And ever since. Love it. It's the best. I'm Portuguese. We're anxious people by nature. This is one thing that curves that. I'm not the skinniest dude on the planet. Black shirt, you can't really see it. I'm grabbing my fucking fat for those of you who are audio listeners. So, I used to be a lot skinnier. <laughs> Fuck you, pot. So, you know, it helped me get an appetite. Helped me get past my being fucking underweight for a long time. And yeah, you know, 
It was great. I'm happy that introduced because I have a lot of aches and pains from like just life in general, having a shitty back, being a gamer on top of that and having that just make my back worse. Military service, fucked up my shoulder in the military, doing all that other stuff. I'm looking off to the side because I'm just trying to see what's going on with like, you know, followers and all that other shit because I don't want to miss anything because I don't have any alerts set up. I didn't want to have any alerts set up for this because it's one of those things where if you're having a podcast and you're having a conversation with yourself for somebody else, the last fucking thing you really want is a fucking noise alert going doo 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 doo, and like you know detracting your train of thought. Which is the one thing that sucks about a singular podcast is you got to be the one to continue that train of thought throughout the entire fucking episode. I'm gonna drink some water for the audio listeners. That's what that glug is about to be. So yeah, that's how I got introduced into the scene. I say scene because it is kind of like a scene out here. We have. Quite a few head shops. The funny ones where you go in and once you try to buy something, the guy at the counter always wants to show you how fucking strong it is. So he like smacks it on the counter to show you the quality of glass. I don't know why the fuck they do that because it feels like when they smash something on the counter, it's just going to like, you know, degrade the glass or make it more likely to break later. Maybe that's their ploy. They do that so your shit will break more likely in the past. You got to come by and buy a new piece. And (laughs) it was just the weirdest thing to me, you know, going in there to buy a nice bong, something that's like 200 bucks. And then the guy immediately tries to smash it on the counter to show you how strong it is. Like, can you not do that? Can I give you an extra 10 bucks to not do that to the bong I'm about to buy? It never made sense. And back in the day, they used to have to call them water pipes. Because if you were to call it a bong in a store, then they would have to kick you out of the store. Because sales of marijuana and marijuana paraphernalia was illegal at the time. Even in the great state of California, Oregon, Washington, you name it. So they were like, oh, you got to call it a water pipe. So it's really weird going from that setting where everything was like, you know, quasi legal to like, you know, known about to an age now where you can just fucking walk into a head store and some hipster in a suit asks you what kind of high you would like as he sits you down at a desk and goes over everything in their catalog. It's definitely things have come a long way in that regard. And I just I don't really understand the argument of people with the whole gateway drug but it's just like there's so many people who have cancer and other things where it's like their only form of like medicating and talking and eating and it's like it makes their days worth living for some of them so it's like to say it's a bad thing because your kid might get addicted to heroin off of smoking a joint well not like immediately like it could lead to that it just never really made sense to me well with that said let's take another bong hit because i'm fucking in the hole about four grand for this electrical shit and i'm not feeling great so yeah lovely so for those of you who don't usually take bong hits because of the harshness that's why i never liked it back in the day i was always more of a bubbler guy a dry pipe guy i would never take fatty hits it's putting ice ice is a great thing to make that smoke a little less harsh but you know you don't have to fucking chug down an entire bowl in one puff you're a fucking adult who are you trying to impress <laughs> do what's comfortable for you why would you do anything else i'm losing my train of thought but that's okay because <laughs> we just uh a lot going on you know dealing with family drama dealing with getting nickel and dime over at disneyland Dealing with the full days of work and then coming home and being like, oh, you owe four grand in total for electrical issues that could have burned down your house. It's kind of strange, kind of a weird mixture of emotions going through right now. So a bong hit every now and again, probably what the doctor would prescribe. Not a doctor, just saying it helps. Oh man, 
I can't just, I can't get over this. I have this fucking thing. My my coworker who's a doctor has been sick for six fucking weeks and he's still working. He wears a mask. He does the whole thing, but like his, he's got to work. He's convinced he has ammonia. He's been working this whole fucking time. We we don't usually have work to get togethers. We had one and this work get together. Two people walked away with COVID and my boss walked away with ammonia. I don't know how all this shit happened. I got tested. I don't have anything. I just have something that just won't leave. <coughs> it feels like there's moisture in my lungs. I know you're going to be like, oh, this guy's just smoking pot. It's like, no, actually, it's been there for a while. And last I checked. My bronchioles would not fill with that just off of smoking pot, or at least it's never done that to me in the past. Who knows? Maybe I'm allergic to all of a sudden. Wouldn't that fucking suck? So he's been sick for days. So just working with him and dealing with all his shit while he's sick has just been miserable. It's just not a doable thing all the time. So, you know... They got some stressors. That's one of the things that sucks about working a job like that, being a medical contractor, is you have to jump through certain hoops. You got to do certain things, all with staying within state regulations and lines and all that fun stuff. So one of those things. So you're going from that to dealing with, oh, all your money's going to an electrician. <laughs> definitely a weird way to start the day like i said today is going to be scuffed today is not going to make much sense i'm just talking to doc i don't really give a shit as it should be as the good lord intended so what else is going on tarkov wipes about to go down i know people are already speculating on the dates and times and all that. oh what's up breezy my good sir how are you doing i'm just talking about bullshit but you know we're good work's over Taking bong hits. Brought my beautiful wood sign made by Johnny November. If you're interested in wood signs, Johnny November does the best jobs on the market. It's also got LED lighting, but I didn't plug it in because I got too much shit plugged in. I don't want to overdo my outlets because my electrical just burned out. Always, how's everything over in the Great White North there, Breezy? How are the loonies and toonies stacking up for you? Hopefully, they're stacking up okay. Like I said, for the people who are listening audio-wise, this is a live episode, so we're going to get a little sidetracked, but seeing as how I'm rambling, getting sidetracked is probably a good thing because I'm high and I have nobody to bounce off of. This is why I don't do live episodes, because I am full fucking ADHD'd out. I just bounce. I just bounce around. So we were talking a little bit about military and all that other stuff and all the shit that, you know, came with it injuries and all that other stuff. So I might as well touch on that. So I joined the military, not out of like, you know, patriotism. I didn't join because I wanted free college or anything like that. Like I'll straight up admit it. I joined the military to run away. <laughs> Glad to hear everything's good there, breezy clean. So as I touched on earlier, my best friend from the Carl Jr. situation who got cancer, which was why I smoked to begin with, died of that cancer. So, you know, when your best friend dies, your best friend since like kindergarten, you don't really want to live in the same town you've been in your whole life. Like things kind of suck after a major event like that happens. So you want to run away. And what better way to run away than the military? I would have joined the fucking circus if the circus was in town, but no circus was to be had. So I joined the Navy. I did. And a way to boot camp I went. So for those of you who are on the coast and have never experienced snow before like myself, like I've seen it on mountains, I've driven through it, I've never gotten out and been like, oh my god, snow! <laughs> if you ever go to boot camp, to a U.S. arms, whether it be an army, navy, air force, space force, wherever the fuck, if you joined any branch of service, 
and you're at boot camp during the winter, do not tell your drill sergeant or instructor or whoever the fuck you have never seen snow. Because if you do that, guess what? You're going to shovel snow throughout the entirety of your fucking boot camp. That's what happened to me. I was walking down the hallways, or P-ways as we call it in the Navy, and we passed a window. And I saw the beautiful Great Lakes or Great Mistakes snow falling on the ground out that window. I stopped and I looked and my drill sergeant got right in my ear. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like pissed. But he was whispering. He kept his bearing. And I told him, he's just like, I didn't even think about it. I was like, I've never seen snow. He's like, oh, you've never seen snow. Roger that shit, mate. So I was on a thing called Snow Watch every day for the entirety of the boot camp. And what Snow Watch was, was you had a big old trash can of salt and a shovel, and you'd have to shovel all the snow all the walkway, replace it with some salt. Yeah, needless to say, I got my fill of snow fairly quickly. Uh, Navy Great Lakes during the snow also sucks because they make you march in Bates boots, which don't have a lot of grip to them. So you're slipping, you're sliding while marching. Not a great scenario. Everything other than that was okay. Like, the food sucks, but you expect it. The people are kind of shitty, but you expect that. Made some good friends. Made some enemies, because that's who I am. And then, on top of that, I met a murderer. So let's talk about this murdering guy. <laughs> For those of you who don't believe the story, his name is Michael DeVia. We'll talk about him right now. So... In my boot camp class, there was this guy named Michael DeVia. Funniest dude in the division. Like, nice guy, cool dude, always cracking jokes, always jocking around. Wore those big, ugly birth control glasses like we all did. He's a funny dude. He was, like, super approachable, too. You could walk up, talk to him. He had a crush on one of the girls in the sister division. You know, normal shit. So he was just, you know, coking a joke and gets talking to him. He's like, oh, yeah, I have a wife and kid. Or he said he had a girlfriend and kid. I don't remember if he said wife or girlfriend. Back home and shit. We were like, oh, whatever, you know, that makes sense. And then one day, he was gone. <laughs> what the fuck? Where'd he go? And then we see, like, our drill instructors just rummaging through his shit, just going through his little gear locker, and, like, his little, you know, his little bed, and you had this little drawer where you put all your shit, like, your cell phone, which you weren't allowed to, like, you know, take out of there, and your, like, little booklets and all your personal shit. They're just rummaging through this guy's shit. And we're like, hey, where, where'd Davia go? And they're like, uh, he popped on the drug test. Shut up. <laughs> they would, like, make up some weird excuse so we'd like oh this isn't good so after boot camp i went to texas for my a school but which is your secondary school after boot camp for the job that you got so i went there and no shit me and the rest of the guys from boot camp who were going to hospital corman school saw his fucking face on the newspaper and it said local boy because he was a texan local boy Arrested in boot camp for murder. And we were like, what the fuck? So, you know, we all bought the newspaper and we pulled it out and we read it. Apparently what happened is he stabbed this girl to death 37 times, tossed the knife. They found the knife. His fingerprints were on the knife. When he joined the military, they take your fingerprints. They were able to match the fingerprints on that system with what happened, and they were able to put two and two together, so they arrested him in boot camp. So, he was also running away <laughs> from his world, but in a very different, like, setting. So that was weird. Uh, yeah, when you actually meet people who've, like, murdered or done dude weird shit, you always expect them to be, like, you know, a guy with an eye patch and just be like, ah, just like a fucked up dude. But no, he was just a regular, everyday guy. He was actually pretty cool. Other than, you know, being a murderer and shit. I put my lighter down and I don't know where it is. That's very sad. So we'll have to hold off on the bong hits.
which is probably for the best because I think my stories are going to get more and more scuffed <laughs> as we go on, which is, you know, expected and it's okay. So, Texas, great San Antonio is where I went to A school. I spent a few months there with my friends Dornalis, Garcia, and White. Good people. We we joked around every fucking day. We trolled. We had great time. We would go out in town. We would get drunk. We would get into fucking hijinks. It was the best, man. It was, it was like all the fun of a college dorm, but you're getting paid to be there. And like, yeah, you're still learning shit. You're going to class for your school and all that, but it's like think of a college dorm, but in a military setting. I know that might sound weird for some of you because like obviously you're not like doing crazy drugs and smoking, but, you know, drinking was on the table. So that, that was a fun experience. And then after that, came back, did the rest of my shit. And, you know, I, I made it out without any injuries or any real, like, mental fucked up problems, which is great because I, I can't say the same for everybody. Definitely the military, everybody's got a different experience. Some worse than others. But the worst part is, for me, is my shoulder got fucked. <laughs> Pretty badly, too. So when I was in Iraq... We were in a base that was pretty close to the Syrian border. And this was the time when, like, you know, the big surge of Iraq was over. This was, like, a few years ago. This was 2000, what was it, 20 or 2019, I want to say. Uh, it's Operation Inherent Resolve. So the mission under Mattis, like, no crazy shit was going down. It was mostly just local Iraqi troops versus ISIS and us as, like, a cleanup crew kind of thing. I was working at a field hospital. So we were taking casualties, and we would get them off the truck. We'd get them and they'd get like you know triaged and then go from there so ambulance drives up and there's a dude in the ambulance who's 300 pounds it's just like oh that's gonna be a really heavy dude to pick up because these aren't like electric gurneys you see in like the civilian sector here in the states where you know you push the down button the legs go down and you're able to still like you know cart them off really easy no this is like <laughs> that's an army litter so just a fucking piece of wood pretty much with the handles on each side it's just this little piece of canvas and plastic so it's like a 300 pound dude on that that's gonna be heavy as fuck he might have even been heavier than 300 pounds this is a big boy so i take my position and then my iraq counterpart inside the ambulance picks up his side hey what's up ball and hobo we're talking about how i fucked up my shoulder for life <laughs> so I pick up my end of the gurney, 300-pound patient. Yeah, my Iraqi medic counterpart picks up the other gurney, and it's immediately too heavy for him, and he doesn't communicate that to me, and he drops his end, and I'm not expecting him to drop this, so I'm holding it up, and then just like, you know, 300 pounds of dude plus the force of it dropping, I tensed up and I tried to keep it up with you know it was just a natural instinct if I knew he would have dropped it like right off the bat I probably would have just dropped it too just out of self-preservation because this guy like I can't stop him from falling but you know reaction I tensed up and like my shoulders went Bleh! so you know how your shoulders like a ball socket joint well this stripped the ball out of the socket and it's you know when you do that with a regular ball socket it never fits back correctly so that happens so now my arm pops out of place all the time fucking sucked so that's that's um, my major malfunction as they would say i dropped my lighter i'm gonna go grab another lighter because that story deserves a bong hit how are you doing ball and hobo we have two canadians in chat that's two canadians that's more than one 
I love neon lighters. Neon lighters are one of those things where you get the neon ones because you're like, I'm not going to lose that. I lose these motherfuckers all the time. <laughs> neon does not mean you're not going to lose it. It just means you're going to feel stupider when you lose it. That's just how it works. So crisp. So clean. What a beautiful, beautiful hit. See, when it comes to bongs, I love the beaker style because it makes me feel like a scientist. It makes me feel like I didn't drop out of college. <laughs> oh, look at that. Our two Canadians in chat are getting along famously. I'm happy I could help bring you two together. So, yeah, after the Iraq scenario of fucking up my arm, I, I couldn't leave country. So, you know, I did like I didn't want to leave country. I wasn't done. So, you know, I didn't tell anybody, which is the stupidest thing ever. If you if you're in the military and you get hurt doing something in the military, report it, because if you don't, it doesn't get in your military record. And at the end of your career or whatever, when you get out, if something's not documented, it didn't happen. So you can really fuck yourself over by not reporting injuries. So one of those stupid scenarios where I didn't report it, I just kind of dealt with it. I regret that. So just a word to the wise. Anything that happens to you on the job, whether it be military or not, just get it recorded. So that way, when things go down later in life, they'll be documented. In the military, how that works is when you get out, they give you a certain percentage of disability and they pay you throughout that for the rest of your life. So I could have been getting checks on the government for the rest of my life, but you know, my fuck up, my bad. Not too much to worry about there. Ah, oh, man. Wish I had more things prepared today. Today was definitely just a testing out all my equipment to make sure it still works after the crazy electrical bullshit we had to go through. So, now that everything feels like it's mostly cleared, except for the follow-up appointments I have to happen to get everything fixed, I definitely don't understand how people who live on the East Coast or deal with, like, hurricane or tornado countries, how they deal with this kind of bullshit all the time. Because, like, living in California, like, yeah, we have earthquakes, but I haven't had a major earthquake here since I was a little, little kid, that big one. And it happened during the Giants-A's World Series. I haven't had anything major like that in a long time. So, for people who live in those areas where, like, you know, natural disasters happen all the time, I don't know how the fuck you guys do that. You guys are a different breed. Because that was shit. This shit sucks. Granted, you probably have insurance, and insurance probably deals, like, most with that. Like, Sushi. Sushi was saying how he lives in Tennessee, how his fucking roof got taken off by one of those fucking things. It's like, bro, I don't even know how to begin with dealing with shit like that. Like, dealing with basic shit like electrical is bad enough, let alone having your whole roof fucking gone. So I don't even know how he's dealing with that or how he dealt with that back in the time. I don't know why I said dealing with it like it was a current fucking scenario. Once again, I self-scream. This is a tester. Oh, that one got me. That one got me good. Definitely itchy. I just realized I put that fucking town crier alert and I left the town crier bell downstairs. So hopefully nobody fucking redeems it. Because I don't know what to fucking do about it. Now that it's down fucking stairs. So yeah, let's get into castle comms. So I started castle comms as part of a business because me and my friends, we owned an esports thing. Like we went through the government, we dropped paperwork, we became a real LLC, all that fun stuff. And then people in the company, we had four owners originally. There was some drama between two people. So 
Four became two fairly quickly. We got people on the thing. We signed people. We ran tournaments. That was the whole thing. We just wanted to run tournaments and have fun for the original war zone. And then, you know, we were putting money out of pocket, having free tournaments. And it got to a point where that wasn't really sustainable anymore. So we moved over more to the, like, the team side. I'm like, hey, we can have teams. We could do all this fun stuff. And then that became predatory. It's like when you own an esports organization or you're trying to own an esports organization, the things people ask of you from a financial standpoint is kind of ridiculous. Like, oh, pay for us to get training, pay for us to have uniforms, pay for us to do this, pay for our entry for that. And when they win, they wouldn't want to give us a percentage of the winning, even though we paid for everything along the way. So it got to a point where it was just like, we can't, we can't afford to do this anymore. Like we thought this was going to be a completely different scenario. So we cut it. And, uh, yeah, that's how I started doing the podcast. Started doing the podcast as a portion, as my portion of that business. It was like an entertainment thing. I wrote a blog too. And you know, it just didn't take off the way we wanted to initially. So when we folded the company, I just continued with Castle Comms because Castle Comms was like the one thing I enjoyed from that company. That was like, you know, my thing. It's the only one who was working on it. So that's why Castle Comm has the whole like, you know, castle and all that art and all that other shit, because the name of the LLC was Cell Swords, like, you know, mercenaries. And it was all a nightly theme, so Castle Comms fit into that nightly theme. <sighs> so that's how the name got born. And that's why when the show began, we mostly interviewed people from the COD community, people from the Warzone community. It wasn't until, I want to say, what was it? Episode 38, 39, somewhere in that thing after doing just nobody but COD people. I kind of was just like, I don't I don't enjoy COD. I don't enjoy Warzone. I was never a Warzone player. I never enjoyed doing Warzone. Like Narrating it was fun for tournaments, but doing anything other than that, I just didn't want to be a part of. I didn't want to play it in my free time, so I wanted to start interviewing people that lived in the realm of games that I enjoyed. And one of my favorite games at the time was Escape from Tarkov, so that's why I went down the Tarkov rabbit hole. Everyone from Stag Old Trav all the way up to Noongan, the most latest interview I've done. All that was based off of people in the community who I enjoyed. All that was based off of people in the community that I wanted to be a part of, as opposed to like, hey, my company's dealing in war zone stuff, so what's live in the war zone realm it was cool actually getting a chance to go out and do what i wanted to do and you know there was there was some not so pleasant things starting out it's like when we kicked out one of the guys from the company i won't name names he was friends with guys who had an established podcast at the time who were no longer podcasting and uh, yeah, they said some really unpleasant things and they reached out to people and I heard that they were like, you know, oh, don't go on that show, blah, 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 blah. They kicked out our friend for reasons that were very viable reasons. But, you know, some people think that certain things are not a big deal. <laughs> I won't touch anymore on that. So, you know, it, it was kind of lame starting a show off with all that negative like connotation and people not like happy with the program and people not happy with the idea of me making content in that variety. So, you know, that wasn't great. But going from that to the Tarkov realm, the Tarkov realm has been nothing but like nice been a lot of cool people in the Tarkov realm. Nobody in there has been like, oh, you're too small to talk to this, this or that. And, you know, having that many interviews where people show up on time, people are courteous, people give you their attention. I've only had one interview that didn't really get to happen because the person in question was just kind of a douche. So, you know, one out of 71, 
This is bad odds. And with that, we're going to take a hit. So, ball and hobo and breezy clean, if you're still here, how's your day going? How's your shit going on? Yeah, that was super unfortunate, Bond. Dealing with uh, bullshit right off the bat when, it, you know, I started my show. But, you know, it's been a one man and a host the whole time. Or one man and a co-host. Like, my second episode was send it just gonna send it or the girth lord and that's still one of my favorite episodes that was hilarious and i didn't even know what the fuck i was doing like if you go back then and you listen to like the very first episode with sinister sinecure which i would love to re-record the audio is so scuffed because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i learned how to do all this shit on the fly like i was always somebody who could talk to people but not somebody who knows how to talk to people in an interview setting an interview setting is it's very strange <laughs> especially when you know you have to hit a certain timeline i have to do this for an hour an hour and a half it's weird going into conversations with that especially conversations where you don't really know the person on the other side of the coin now i know what some people would say is like oh you don't know anyone for real in the gaming scene because it's all over discord yeah whatever that's 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 fair <laughs> but to go from like having this an in-game conversation to having an actual conversation where your conversation is the content and pushing that out for an hour and a half without trying to have any fucking dead air is a completely different scenario so <laughs> for people that are just like oh podcasting is so easy it's just like i've seen a lot of people who have made that claim and then you look at the shows that they put out and they rarely make it to 10 episodes so for anyone that says that <laughs> this is an easy medium or this is a medium that like anyone could do i mean do it by all means if you think you're the next joe rogan fucking plug in the mic and be joe fucking rogan i know that's not something that i would ever want to do i want to like i don't want a podcast every day of my life my god that'd be exhausting especially to the degree that a joe rogan does it where you have people from all these different fields like scientists and fucking actors and then people who are just like super high in their fields be like bro i don't i'm not even a subject matter expert in one thing let alone all these other fucking things how am i gonna have an intelligible conversation with some of these people so yeah there there are definitely episodes where i felt out of my depth going into so let's talk about those <laughs> i'm gonna pull up my castle comms list i'm gonna go over episodes that i felt uncomfortable with and i'm gonna go over episodes that i feel like were great and episodes where i wish i could have done better so episode five was the one I was probably the most scared for at the beginning, where I got to interview the guy from eSports, uh, U.S. Army West Point, which is the officer candidate school, where they do all that stuff, where they get people from those settings that find out they want to be you know, officers in the military. That was a super scary episode for me because that was like a dude who started a program and a dude who was a combat vet, so I didn't want to fuck that one up. So that one was actually a really fun one. Getting to Tarkov, because there's a lot of people in the war zone community who, you know, I didn't really I didn't really worry about doing them because I didn't really know them as I did with like, you know, the Tarkov community. Uh, I'd say probably the one that I was most excited for at the beginning Stay old Trav was a friend, so I wasn't really scared for that episode. That episode was like a laid back, like, welcome to this genre of Tarkov. Welcome to the Tarkov scene. Like, for me, that was an episode where I just felt comfortable. That was an episode where I was just like, oh, I'm just talking to my friend. This is not a big deal. Um, I'd say Half Man was a huge episode for me, personally, because Half Man, the creator... <laughs> 
that does zero to hero challenges. Like, I don't think he invented the zero to hero. I'm not making that claim. He's just a guy who I really love his content. He does long term. He does long form videos. He's very good at talking. He makes all his videos very interesting. The way he presents it, the way he edits it, the little music in between, the little jazz intro. Love it. Love his content. So getting him on the show was cool for me because that was like, well, this is somebody I really respect. This is going to be fucking sick. And that was one of my favorite ones for a long time. That one was, that's still up there. It's one of my favorite episodes. After half, man, the Mrs. Dunk episode, I was really happy with. That was one where I felt like I was finding my strive and the community. That was one where I was just like, I'm not terrible at this. Cause like, it's funny. You go through so many episodes and you can still feel like you're terrible at talking to people. You can still feel like I have no flow or I have nothing of like, you know, no thing of interest. That was an episode where just everything felt good. That was an episode where it's just like everything clicked. And then the next one, Ash, <laughs> Ash IV, it made me feel really stupid because I fucked up his name. I called him Ash LV because after the V, he's got that little like, you know, underscore. And I thought that was part of the L. So right off the bat on that episode of getting the guest's name wrong, I was like, well, fuck. So I felt like I was on my back foot the entire episode on that one. Like Ash is a great guy, super fun to talk to, super easy to talk to. So that saved the episode. But for that entire one, I'm like kicking myself over just fucking up the initial one that friendly guy that one was scary for me too because that was my first international episode so i was afraid that i was going to fuck it up i know this sounds weird but i was like oh don't say anything offensive to british people it's just like uh, what like i was afraid i was gonna say or do something that was gonna piss off the friendliest guy in the community and if you piss off the friendliest guy in the community then you must be an asshole right so that's what i was worried about going into that conversation i know that you're gonna be like oh that doesn't make any sense but that's just how it felt uh barbsky was great i love barbsky i love going into her stuff i still watch her every now and again it's just one of those things where it just feels like every time i'm on twitch she's not on it's just our work schedules are different but barbsky if you're listening i love your content and i hope you make partner quick mr sick degenerate <laughs> after barbsky that one i was worried for because i don't know i just when you, when you find people who you like their content it's it's kind of like I don't want to fuck up. You well, you always don't want to fuck up, but it makes it that much more, especially when it's somebody that's like you respect and you think is funny, and then things you have in common with like the '90s wrestling bit. I was like, oh man, like I don't want to go do two down these rabbit holes. This was before, when I was still like sticking to like the script of a Tarkov interview, where it's just like I had some set questions and I didn't want to get too far off the main thing. That was one where I was like I felt edited because I didn't want to go off the main script too much because I didn't want to lose the reins of the episode and it's funny because now I'm at the point where it's like if you lose the reins of the episode and go somewhere fun let it you know fuck it nobody wants to hear the same fucking questions about Tarkov that you've made up in your head so it's it's funny how in a short period of time you as a creator in the in the you know the podcasting realm can change so fucking much so after sick degenerate we had Kalenator <laughs> Kalenator, I was afraid. I was afraid to do the Kalenator one. I'm not going to lie. That was one where I was just like, a lot of energy. <laughs> I was just like, what happens if I can't meet that energy? Or what happens if, like, he's like all energy on, like, you know, his stream, but when he comes into the pod, he's like got no energy. Like, you don't know what you're getting in these scenarios. Like, you get what these people are like in their stream. But when you get them outside of their stream and in a setting like, you know, an interview with no camera, you don't know what you're getting. So you could get somebody who comes at you with like, yes, no for your answers. And I say that because that happened before I jumped into the Tarkov community when we were doing Strictly COD interviews, which I mean, it sucked, but some of them are fun. 
All right. With that, we're going to take a bong hit, and then we'll talk about Don Tony Lamb. Ooh, I missed a comment from my favorite Mr. Ballin' Hobo. <sighs> Sick Degenerate is a funny dude. And that's that was one of those things, man. It's just like when you get people who are such like larger-than-life figures, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to fuck this up. You know? Like, you want to walk away from that episode. Them feeling like they had a good time. Them feeling like they were entertained. And then you at the same time feeling like you did a good job. Oh, something got redeemed. Oh, fuck. I don't have my bell. My bell's downstairs. Oh, wait. Let me go get the bell. One second. One second. One second. I gotta go get the bell. Let me put the Be Right Back thing up. All right. All right, Ballin' Hobo. This one's for you. This bell sucks, by the way. I gotta fix it. Hey, hey, Ballin' Hobo is the biggest douche in the chat. <laughs> yeah, this thing's like... <laughs> The bell part, I have to fix it. It's like twisted around. So the little ball part that hits. There we go. A little better. I feel like the dude at like the Salvation Army. I gotta make this shit better. I know. Oh god, the bell part fell out. Fuck. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Don't redeem that again. Please god. <laughs> that was so fucking stupid. But it's okay. Because it's my stream. It doesn't have to be good. We're podcasters. We're not fucking streamers. <laughs> you want a streamer? Go somewhere else. You fucks. So where were we? Oh, yes. We were talking about Kalenator and trying to match that energy and not being 100% that we were going to get that energy during a podcast because I've never listened to a podcast with Kalenator before. So, Don Tony Lamb. Very good interviewer. Very fun to talk to. The Don Tony interview, I had to do a lot of editing on because Don Tony... Takes a little bit of time for his responses, which I totally understand. Some people are very quick and have diary of the mouth, such as myself. Don Tony was a little bit, you know, more slow to answer. So nothing against him. It just I had to take out some dead air in between asking a question and the answer, which is what you would expect for most people who are articulate and actually think about their answers as opposed to people like me who just blurt that shit out. So <laughs> Don Tony was cool, but at the same time, I went in there with a little bit of nerves because he's been interviewed by bigger, bigger, much more successful podcasts like a Forehead Fables and now the Gamer Hole. So having him on my show was like, oh, wow, I wonder how I'm going to compare to the big boys. And I never asked him how I compared to those. I'm curious. Maybe I'll follow up with that. Gamer O. Oh, oh, Gamer O. Oh. Love the man. Good dude. Good family, dude. He went through a lot. Caught in the motorcycle accident. Now he's getting back into the tournament scene. Definitely one of my favorite guys to talk to. I'm going to have to touch back now that I think about it. Spicy Bean Dip. My God. <laughs> I love that, man. Also a Navy vet. I've talked to Spicy Bean Dip on like, I want to say two or three other episodes. So I'm a big fan of Spicy Bean Dip. He's one of those guys who's trying to make it. And I would love to see him make it because he's a genuine awesome dude. Garlem. <laughs> this is an interview that I was definitely nervous for. I mean, yeah, I talk to other people inside of the evasion space, but Garlem is like a little bit more up there, a little bit more established, older individual. So it was like one of those things where it was like validating talking to that guy. It was a cool feeling. And yeah, definitely fun. That wouldn't mind having another interview with him. Narwhal. That was a fun one. So Narwhal applied to become a caster for evasion and he got the, he got the role, him and Spooky Squirrel. And watching him announce... 
I have never seen a Tarkov announcer that good. So I didn't I didn't know who he was really. Like I've heard the name, but I never caught any of his stuff. And then when he became the caster for Evasion, and I saw what he could do and how skilled he was. I was like, I need to get him on the show. And I was lucky enough he said yes, and that was super sick. <laughs> Fudge XL, great player. Awesome, dude. Fun interview. Definitely one of those ones where it's like, I wish I was more of a Chad so I could ask him more Chad-based questions, but being a rat <laughs> and a casual when it comes to the Tarkov like gaming scene, it felt like I was like that Joe Rogan situation where I was like trying to talk to somebody who was a scientist and I was like kind of out of my depth. Like definitely he was good at breaking things down and talking about stuff. I just wish from an interview standpoint, I had better questions for him because I feel like I could have got a better interview out of him. Chocolate egg. Nog, the man of the art. <laughs> this guy's awesome, dude. Such good, awesome stuff. I, I gave him a job. He did amazing. I love what he did for sushi. Like... <sighs> The free wallpapers, the gun renders. The dude does amazing work. Fun guy to talk to. Best mustache in the Tarkov community, I would even argue. He's one of those guys who I would love to meet in person, but seeing as how I'm not really a streamer, I don't see why I would go to a TwitchCon. I, I would like to go to a TwitchCon to meet some people, but I just have the feeling where it just really wouldn't be for me, you know, unless I set up like a CastleCon booth. But at the same time, other than Tarkov people, and like, I, I need to branch out to other games if I'm going to do that. I need to have more of a base if I'm going to appeal to something like a TwitchCon other than just like, you know, talking about one game, which is why I've moved into other things. And saying that, we have the pre-alpha wrap-up with Don Tony killing him softly. That was fun. I remember that that one was a good one. That was a kill him softly. He was uh, Don Tony's friend who he duos with and trios with, with uh, High Commander sometimes and some other guys. I never knew Kill'em before that, so that turned me on to his stuff. I'm, I'm definitely happy it did. That's the cool thing about this is you get to meet people that you wouldn't expect to. Like, you can get to make these bonds with people who you never thought you'd meet in real life. People you see on stream, you're like, oh, that guy's dope. And then you have an opportunity to, like, actually, like, you know, play with them and talk to them. So that was cool. All right. So when the dust settles, episode, what was this, 40? Yeah, it was episode 40. That was one peg. I mean... Who cares at this point? It's been so long. That was back in May. Like, you know, sent a message. Dude confirmed. Picked the day. He picked the time. And then when the day came to stream, I mean, when the day came to do the interview, streamed right through it. Read the, he read the message the day of. Didn't want anything to do with it. So, hey, <laughs> that was kind of lame. What? Well, thank you, Toasted Chat Flowers, for that shout-out. Yeah, you know, I, I just hate it when people, like, tell you they want to do stuff, and then they back out. Like, all you had to do was send me a message and be like, I don't feel like it, or I'm not feeling good, or I have diarrhea, anything. And I would have been like, oh, it's cool, we can, like, you know, <laughs> we can go about it another time. And then, you know, stream the entire time, and then I put out a tweet where I didn't name anybody. And he sent me a message on Discord. And, you know, it's one of those things where he apologized. <laughs> I mean, you can't get tone across in a DM. I don't know how sincere it was, but it's one of those things where it's just like, you can forgive somebody personally, but just because you forgive somebody personally doesn't mean you need to fuck with them professionally. And if you're going to pretend or say that you're a professional individual and that's how you go about treating people, then I don't really need to have you on my show. You can live in your realm. You can have your success in what you do, but I don't need to have you on my stuff. This is thankfully all mine. I don't have sponsors I really answer to. I have sponsors that give me free shit, but I don't have sponsors who dictate who I need to talk to and how. So, when it comes to that situation, wish you the best in your content, but I'll never invite you to do anything I'm a part of. <laughs> and that's just how it is. Next one. 
sushi. <laughs> After the scenario of getting, you know, stood up by somebody you respect and then that happening, I wanted to fall back and talk to a friend. Sushi's a friend. So that's why I went that route. Super fun interview. I don't regret it for a moment. It's one of those ones where I love talking to the homies. Homies are always the best talks because you know the circles, you know what that person's like outside of their stream. Whereas people who are a certain way in their stream, when you get them out, you have no way of knowing what they're like. Like we already touched on that, but that's why when something shitty happens, like something bad in your personal life happens, you have a bad interview, something bad happens in between it's nice to know you have friends that you can pull into the show and talk to so that being said had another friend grim guy who ran in the same circles i say ran because the stream where i met him is not as active as i'd like to see it because said streamer had a baby and is taking time to deal with that now personal reasons do i wish this guy streamed every day yes in reality is he Probably not. When he comes back, it's definitely going to be to a less extent. But you know, that's life. When I have my second kid, I'll probably slow down too. So, Sinister Sinica, if you're listening, I want to see another stream from you before, <laughs> before 2025. That being said, on to Silverman. Silverman was a guy that I got recommended to from Sushi and Stay Gold Trav. Pointed me towards Silverman, and I watched it. <laughs> loved it. Loved every second. I loved the energy. I loved the way that... <laughs> Well, how do I put the anger? I love how he would display his anger when he did have anger. Yo, what's going on, Jersey? How's it going? We're podcasting. I'm going through all the episodes of Castle Comms that fell inside of the Tarkov realm. Since it's your first time in chat, we'll give you a bong hit. Welcome to the party, Jersey. Take it, Jersey. Take it. <laughs> It's a nice cold mong hit. Oh no, my ice is starting to go low. I'm gonna have to put more ice in there. Well, thank you for clearing that shaft, Jersey. I appreciate that. That stale smoke does terrible, terrible damage to my Iraqi scarred lungs. <laughs> so, yeah, Silverman was a fun interview. And through Silverman, I've learned to Tazig. Tazig is a funny. <laughs> funny streamer it's one of those things where you go into her stream and you don't if you don't know what you're getting into you're gonna get hit with stuff and you're gonna be like what the fuck did you just say just laughing like somebody who gets in a gunfight who's just randomly gonna scream like click my lady or something like that something of that like you know blue humor so when i jumped into her stream for the first time i was not expecting the blue humor because i just you know like i just didn't know it was a thing that she engaged in and i laughed my ass off the entire stream so being entertained in that stream made me extend the invite and she came on the p podcast and she was hilarious she kept it very clean so props to her i was expecting a lot more blue humor blue humor and then she brought up pegging around the end of the episode <laughs> and it was funny because like she kept it so clean and narrow the whole time so when she brought that up i was like taking it back I was like what this <laughs> fucking funny that was a good episode oh man so after Tay Zig, we had Morty Sword Guy TV. And Morty Sword Guy, very, very fun individual. Like, we talked, and then after the pod, we talked. We even discussed doing a side project, but that kind of fell through. And it's this one thing that always stand out to, from about Morty to me is not only flying around shoreline and killing people, breaking your legs, is also the bugs. Because this man will eat bugs, and I sent him a link to an Amazon, like, barbecued zebra tarantula. And he was like, oh, I'm going to eat the shit out of this. It's just like, I never followed up. But Morty Sword Guy... 
if you ate that squ- if you ate that tarantula, please let me know how it was. So Miss Tricks was the next one, and this was a great interview. Super fun. It's one of those ones where I didn't really have too much background information about the person so it's like sometimes i'll do a lot of research and then other times i would like i want to go into it kind of blind because i want to get to know the person in the middle of the conversation which was kind of what happened with her and it was one of those things where i went into the conversation not knowing a whole lot but walked away leaving like oh i learned a fair amount about this person this person's really cool so yeah anyone who hasn't checked out miss tricks like you're missing out definitely a cool individual definitely a fun interview and that led me to mr arm bars now mr arm bars you guys might know from his recent tipathon where he shaved off his eyebrows and did some crazy shit arm bars is an entertainer arm bars is one of those guys who he seems like somebody like you went to high school with you know he seems like you're like your best friend's little brother he just comes across like that to me as somebody who's like funny engaging and like an approachable person because these larger than life like personalities you see on twitch you can't like you don't really feel like you would ever like get a beer with them or hang out with them so to speak but arm bars is one of those guys who definitely seem like an every, everyday regular dude kind of like an aqua fps feel like two very different people and two very different streamers but like aqua fps seems like somebody that you could just like yeah i know that guy I went to high school with him like you know just regular asshole not meaning asshole in a negative connotation just meaning like a regular joe i know joe and asshole are not always an interchangeable term but for this conversation they are deal with it it's my podcast <laughs> i'm high <laughs> god where were you early jersey you could have cleared that other bong hit for me fuck all right so we already talked about spicy bean dip so we won't touch on the second so Dottie Hack. Dottie Hack was the next one. Dottie was a fun fucking interview. So Dottie Hack, professional musician, worked an everyday job, said, fuck that, I'm going to go to streaming and made it a full-time thing. It's like, inspiring, dude. Definitely super cool. Those people who have accomplished a lot in a short period of time is always super cool to listen to, especially people that have succeeded and forged a career somewhere where careers don't exactly are meant to thrive. Like, anyone who can make their life light, like livelihood and support people on a Twitch, it's very fucking impressive. I mean, think about it. Half of your subs are taken by Bezos to go towards a dick rocket. So the majority of your money is coming, hopefully, through, like, tips and people directing, I mean, you know, paying directly to you via PayPal. So you're kind of having to do a lot to entertain the masses. It's not an easy thing to maintain and something something that's definitely hard to do on a regular basis to be able to afford rent and all the stuff that you're going to need to do to survive, like food, electricity, all that other fun shit. So... Definitely one I was afraid I was going to fuck up. But after it, it was really cool because I asked him, like, how I did interview wise. He's like, I've been interviewed by a bunch of people, like music writers and all these other people, and you were the most, like, I think he, uh, what was the word? It was like attentive or something like that. But that was a cool, that was a cool compliment. So Dottie, Dottie was one of my favorite ones. That's the one that I feel like I did the best on. And that was one I was like, I need to show up for this one. I can't phone this one. And I say phone this in, but sometimes I get too high and sometimes I'm just like, I get lost. But that one was one where I felt like I Everything was good. Bird flu. God, I love bird flu. Bird flu is one of those dudes where it's like, I've met a lot of professional skateboarders in my life growing up in Santa Cruz, California. And bird flu seems like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met from that scene. Like, not only does he skate New Balances, which I didn't even know was a thing because I haven't been in the scene in years, but super approachable, funny dude, good sense of humor. 
his tweets are always hilarious it's either like it sounds like Hank Hill sometimes oh go to old dangle join the crew to that to like doing some crazy trick at a fucking right like park it's just he's a fun dude fun interview cool dude definitely want to see more from bird flu maybe we'll have him back on oh cryodilic this one was one i was definitely excited for cryodilic was one of those guys who was like one of the first streamers i saw stream tarkov one of the first like content i consumed in the tarkov realm so it was one of those things where it's like it was like half man for me that was like one of those ones where it's like a personal like want to do this one this is going to be sick so it was super cool jumping into that one and then walking away going like wow that guy was way cooler than I expected. It's like, you know, when you like before you meet people, you don't know what you're going to get. And they always say, don't meet your heroes kind of thing. Well, this is one where I was happy I met somebody from like the scene who I respected because they turned out to be super cool. And unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you meet people and you're like, wow, that guy sucked. <laughs> I really wish I didn't meet him. Like, think of anyone that you respect or anyone that you really like hadn't met but want to. And then just meet, like, imagine it going south and then walking away from that scenario going like yeah i'm rethinking everything i liked about this guy and everything i liked about his content or music or whatever i'm happy i didn't walk away from this scenario with that negative connotation i'm happy it was a good experience all right buffalo gypsy tv this one was fun buffalo was one of those guys who i didn't know too much about until i saw him post that he was looking for voice acting i was like i love voice acting i'll do some voice acting for you and he already found people so i didn't get the role but whatever so then i dug into his content a little bit and i saw he kind of went the swamp fox direction with certain things where he was doing like narrative campaigns like i'm a stranded u.n peacekeeper kind of thing i was like this is sick so you know got him on the show and talked about it definitely one of those ones i want to touch back in a few months and see how he's doing like i, I keep tabs like there's people who i'd like to have back for a secondary episode maybe even a third episode but you know you got to space them out a little bit because there's so many people in the realm i don't want to just keep tapping the same people over and over again like, as much as i like to talk to spicy bean dip as much as i want to talk to don tony it's like i've had them on the show three times already i don't know if like one they even want to come back or two it's like are people tired of me talking to them so that's one of the weird things when it comes to like show when you look at numbers and you look how some episodes hit and some episodes don't hit and like yeah it's mine and i can do whatever the fuck i want with it but at the same time it's like when you have episodes that hit hundreds and then you have episodes that get like single digits it's like what was so different was that just their fan base coming to listen or did i drop off or did i fuck up these are the weird things that come into your head when you do this kind of shit. So next was Toadster. And Toadster has become one of my better friends in the community. Super cool dude. Super hilarious, fun guy. Doing the VTube thing now. And unfortunately, the, the audio on that episode got fucked because my, my GoXLR decided not to work. So I had to use the microphone on the headset. And the microphone on the headset sucks asshole. <laughs> so the episode sounded like asshole. So that was one where it's like... I was happy I got to have him back on the show so I can kind of do a redo because I feel like the audio didn't live up to the conversation, which bothers me to this day. So, Melly Belly. Awesome conversation. Super fun. Nice person. It was one of those things where it's like, one of those people you see on stream who are just like, this person's so genuine and so nice and awesome. It's just like, man, I wonder if I'm going to get him on the podcast. They're just going to be a complete like asshole. Like, you don't know. You have no idea. So it was cool that like said person was exactly how they come across on stream. It's like, it's always cool when those things line up and you, you like, you see a genuine person and then you get a genuine person. So that was my favorite takeaway from it. Breezy Clean was the next one. Breezy Clean, if you're still in the chat i loved your episode because your episode 
was one of those ones where it was just like, I can relate to it. I remember being that kid fucking just out of high school, trying to figure out what the fuck to do with my life, getting shitty jobs at grocery stores, you know, like navigating shit. So it's like your episode was very relatable to me. It was definitely one of those ones where it was like, I'm talking to this kid. But it's one of those things where it's like, I feel very, it's like a very relatable conversation. If that makes sense. So after Breezy, oh shit, I, I made a mistake. Reefy was before Breezy. My mistake. Okay, so let's talk about Reefy. Hi, Reefy. Reefy Raptor. Dude's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Reefy Raptor was a great episode for me because one, a lot of energy. Definitely, it's it's nice to have a conversation with somebody that has either higher energy than you or equal energy to you. Because I jump around a lot. And it was fun talking to somebody who equally jumped around as, as much. <laughs> so, from a host standpoint, it was a little bit more difficult for me to be like, to match that energy and to try to make it a coherent episode. But for me, it was fun. And I enjoyed it. And I would do something again with Reefy if given the opportunity. Okay, now we're getting into one of my favorite People interview of all time. Forty McFly, definitely a unique streamer. Works a full-time job making medicines that go into hospitals. Super fun guy to talk to. Super interesting. Super smart and educated. Going into it, I wasn't sure how we were going to gel. Like, you know, you go into everything hoping that it's going to be copacetic and you guys are going to have a good conversation. And you guys are going to gel. And it was one of those ones where it's just like after about like 20 minutes and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And that's why I immediately invited him back and we completely matched it. I think both episodes are around almost the exact amount of time both of them are like 140 and some change so an hour and 40 minutes and some change and it felt like i could have had a part three and it would have been just as relevant to the conversation so after that we had steve-o and this was a uh, pre going to twitchcon that was a great conversation it was super fun getting to talk to people that were about to engage in like a major convention steve-o is somebody i heard of in the scene through fudge and people in those circles I never got around to messaging him though it sucks because it's like I always ask people like who should I get on the show who should I get on the show and I have like a running list of people and when I send an interview like when I send an interview request to them I just put like a circle next to their name saying don't contact this person don't bother them because I don't want to be that fucking guy who like harasses people in an interview usually I'll ask once maybe twice like a few months down the line but if they say no I respect it as a no and I don't bother him again so he was somebody who it's like for some reason I put a circle next to his name but I never contacted him so it's like oh shit I know like I like went through my stuff and I checked our message history he's like oh I guess I never sent him anything so I sent him a message and he got back to me immediately and it was a fun conversation and then after he got back from TwitchCon we had a follow-up with him and follow Neophyte all right, so after his, we had uh, another Marauders talk with Don Tony, Spicy Bean Dip, and I think Kill Him Softly. We already talked about those three individuals and how awesome they are, so no need to touch back on that one. Now we're getting into some competition. We're going to talk about Neff from Tardux. Super cool dude. It was one of those things where it's like I wasn't sure how to go about asking somebody who has a quote-unquote rival show in the realm. But, you know, super professional dude, super cool. I'm going to say professional as I take a bong hit, and if you take offense to that, I'm sorry. <sighs> Clear it, chat. Clear it. <sighs> I'm not taking, like, super duper hits right now because my lungs still kind of feel like shit. I'm just doing little mic hits right now, so. If you're looking for people who are going to take big, fat, milky hits, you can go somewhere else. So, yeah, um... 
Yeah, super fun, dude. Older individual, so it was cool talking about things from like the 90s and the 80s that I fucked with, like the Expos and like random sports things like that. So that was cool. Another Canadian. I've had quite a few Canadians on the show. I love my neighbors to the north. After him, we had the High Commander. The High Commander was one that... I became aware of the High Commander through Don Tony's chat. I saw him in there a few times, and then I saw him on the Gamer Hole. I'm going to flick this around like a fidget spinner for those of you who are listening to the audio. I'm holding my lighter between my thumb and forefinger, and I'm spinning it around like a fucking child. Deal with it. I'm high. Go. High Commander. <laughs> Definitely one of those dudes who I was kind of curious to see how my show in a single interview stacked up to the three interviewers of a Gamer Hole. That was a question I never got around to, so <laughs> maybe one day I'll fucking think to actually DM him that question to see how being on this show compared. Yeah, it's always nice to know how you stack up against the bigger people in the community, especially people who have been doing this for longer than you, so you can get an idea of if your interview style is working. Because, you know, it's hard to judge that stuff off of numbers, because let's say you are unknown in something. You could be putting out content just as good as somebody else, but if you're unknown, nobody's going to watch it. Whereas on the other side of the coin... If you're a known person and you jump into something like this, you're going to have numbers regardless. So I'm just always curious to know where you stack up when it comes to certain things. Your high commander, we have Stankrat, enemy of the state. So Stankrat was funny because that was the first episode that I made outside content for. So for that one, um, somebody in Stankrat's community, I think it was Commodore Biscuits, wrote fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> for Stankrat. And when I saw it, it was about him and a streamer in the community. I don't know if they're cool with me naming them, so I won't. But it was about him and a female community member in the Tarkov scene. About them meeting at TwitchCon and falling in love and then, like, you know, him denying it. <laughs> so... I thought it was funny as fuck. I showed it to my friend Toadster Tweets, who we talked about earlier, whose episode got fucked, and his friend Content ENT, who I met through Toadster, and it was funny how I met Content ENT, because Toad introduced me to him, and then immediately we started, like, riffing back and forth with, like, fake New Jersey accents, like... <laughs> Like, cussing at each other, saying stupid shit. Like, you know, like, having a dialogue in these fuck. Like, you're a loser, Derek. You've always been a fucking loser. Like, voices like that. Like, just being silly. Like, I don't even know the guy. And we're over here riffing and having that much fun. So when I saw that fucking fan fiction, I hit up both Toad and Content and ENT. And I was like, would you guys be willing to act this out? And they immediately said, fuck yes. So I loved it. Content ENT played the role of Juliet, and Toadster Tweets played the role of Romeo. I was the narrator, and I improvised my lines a little bit. Sorry, Commodore Biscuits, I didn't mean to step on your toes if you're feeling a little ways about it. And then we got... <laughs> I looked up acoustic guitar for Green Sleeves, you know that fucking medieval... Green Sleeves by Heart of Gold, Green Sleeves was by Delight, that fucking song... I looked up somebody playing the acoustic version of that song. I say acoustic like they wrote it in electric. It was always fucking acoustic. But I looked up some dude who's like playing it on the comfort of his like home like couch. <laughs> I sampled some of it and I threw it in there. And then we had that whole scene play inside of the interview. And it's funny because that one scene in the interview... <laughs> 
the Snake Rat episode blew up. That was like one of my most listened to episodes. And I'm not sure if that's because people would go back and re-listen to it just to hear that fucking clip or if it was a good interview. But for me, it felt like a good interview. Snake was a fun guy to talk to. It was one of those things where it's like, if I had the opportunity to interview Snake again, I would. And that's something I can't say for everybody I've had on the show. Some people have given me stuff to work with. Some people have been great to interview. Other people are just not either they weren't about being on the show or they just aren't a good interview. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just some people aren't great at talking <laughs> to a random individual who they don't know on a show, but they might be great at talking on a on like a, a Twitch stream. But that was something I didn't encounter with Stankrat. So yeah, Stankrat, I appreciated having you on. So after Stank, I went and I talked to my friend Toast and Flowers, and we had two conversations. We had one about the N64, which was for the 64th episode. It was it was a good talk. I got to talk about a lot of games I haven't thought about in a long-ass time. So it was super cool getting to, like, you know, walk down Nostalgia Lane and just talk to my homie, who I haven't talked to in a while at this point, about the N64. And then we talked about the hockey. We just talked about the new reverse retro uniforms. We did that for fucking an hour and... 50 minutes just about hockey in general about the scene about uniforms about the league as a whole and i know that conversation didn't hit for everybody because this episode this fucking podcast is geared towards gamers and not every gamer likes hockey so that was one of my like this is my show to do whatever the fuck i want kind of moments it just sucks when you approach like big time sponsors when you do episodes that aren't going to appeal to your audience when you do episodes for like you and not so much for like the wine thing it fucks your numbers up and that's not a bad thing but it's a bad thing when you go towards like you know big sponsorships like a manscaped who needs 500 listens per episode and if you have an episode that only 10 people listen to that means that those 490 listens they need per episode your other episodes have to pull that much more weight and it's like it's definitely from a numbers standpoint i understand why some people are like i only want to interview partners or i only want to interview like you know things that are going to get listens or whatever the fuck because they want to hit those higher echelons they want to get those you want to make that money they want to do shit like nobody wants to work of nine to five for a living they would love to do podcasting but on this show i've already decided that i don't really give a shit about making money i'm gonna interview my friends i'm gonna inter talk about whatever the fuck i want to talk about and if people want to stick around cool and if not hey they weren't gonna fuck with me anyway so the ship has kind of sailed on a big sponsorship like a manscaped for the current show like you know for the current moment like if we blow up crazy and like we're able to make up like listens that we missed out on because we went routes that i wanted to personally then awesome and if not i had a good time either way i'm getting kind of nasally i wonder if that's from the bong hits or from being sick still i don't fucking know all right toxic bullet this interview is fun another canadian and the funny thing about toxic bullets episode <laughs> is we talked about rally racing and toxic didn't want his mom to know that he's a rally racer but he talked about that so he wanted me to like go back and take out the part where he says that he does rally racing and edit it out so it's like i had to like find this exact moment and it like i had to like surgically remove it <laughs> without making it like too obvious i removed something so that took a little bit of extra work especially because i forgot what place i like did that so i was like listening 
listening to the whole episode on like three times speed trying to find that one fucking moment so I could pull it out. And it was funny because like on my other screen, I was watching ESPN like scores. And like if you don't mute those pages, sometimes they'll make noise. So the page I had up made like a basketball noise, like, you know, sneakers on basketball floor during one part. And I've missed it because I was listening to the episode at like an elevated speed. So he hits me and was like, what's with this weird fucking noise? I was like, God damn it. The one time I don't listen to an episode in full, I miss this fucking noise. Like sometimes you'll hear those noises on this podcast because I forgot to like mute the other screen. It's usually something stupid, like like a Twitter clip at the very beginning of it. And then I'll catch it or a fucking basketball thing or some kind of ESPN noise. I say basketball because that noise of the, the shoes on the floor is just so iconic. Like, you know, it's no other sport. You know, it's not fucking football when you hear that noise. All right. So after after that, we got to talk about Testivo and follow Neophyte about their trips to TwitchCon. That was super fun getting to hear the other side of the coin of TwitchCon because I've heard, I've heard, I've heard a lot of different perspectives. But like Steve-O came from a very unique perspective where he actually like organized the Tarkov get together at the bars for a lot of people who showed up. So that was cool. And then also hearing about people who got to like you know road trip together like, I was expecting there was a lot more drama and a lot more like head beating on the way over there but it seems like they got along pretty good either that or they lied very good for the podcast but it was a fun interview either way after that I got to talk to somebody I actually know in real life somebody who I played D&D with in real life who used to live fairly close gimmick from hey you video games <laughs> So, knowing him in real life and playing D&D with him, I had no idea he was a Twitch streamer. I didn't even, like, fuck with Twitch or do anything with podcasting at that time. So, it was it's cool, like, getting the back end of the story. Like, hey, I know that guy. Hang out with that guy. And then getting to, like, re-meet them in a completely different setting, in a professional setting, so to speak. That was unique and cool for me. So, that was one of the things I liked about that episode. And then after that... <laughs> <laughs> we got into content ENT Toadster tweets for episode 69 I got my two favorite degenerates The ones that helped me do the stank rap Romeo and Juliet thing They came on and we just fucking had a blast We just talked shit <laughs> Talked about random ridiculous nonsense It was a good time uh, Trying to think of anything stands out Other than just having a good time And just chilling with the homies on that one But I think that's pretty much it and That leads us to our most recent episode of Nugan and like Nugan is one of those guys who I've I've seen on Tarkov Twitter a lot. Like he's definitely one of those guys who if you're talking or if he if you're saying some dumb shit, if you're saying some bullshit, or if he, you're saying something he doesn't agree with, like he he would he would talk to you about it. And it's like one of those things where it's like I respect somebody in the community who doesn't put up with bullshit. So that's why I like to talk to him about that. You know, we went over some stuff. We went over getting better when it comes to like negative Twitter interactions. We had some spicy takes about how people feel about the scene and all that other stuff. And I know some people got kind of butthurt about it, but hey, it's one of those things where. If you are adult enough to put stuff out there, you should be adult enough to understand when people don't agree with your takes. Just say one of those things like you can't expect everybody to agree with everything you say. It's just like I'm sure I've said things on this show or on this podcast people don't agree with. And that's totally cool. If you agree with 100% with what somebody says, it's usually something going on there. That was a nice one. Nice, easy. Lungs are intact. Didn't kill myself. Nice, full-bodied hit. 
Well, we've talked about pretty much every single Tarkov interview we have done. We've talked about where Castle Comms comes from. We've talked about random bullshit of having to pay four grand for electrical in the house. <laughs> we talked about Disneyland and how getting nickeled and dimed fucking sucks. You know, I think we covered everything we wanted to cover for this uh, this solo episode. I usually don't do solo episodes because they feel awkward to me. So people came through chat, said some shit, made me play with a town crier bell. I appreciate it. It definitely helped the time go by. Other than that, I think it's time for us to jump off i think we've had a full full conversation i'm getting high i kind of want to eat the other half of my sandwich because i ordered a fucking sandwich and let's take a look at this bad boy that looks fucking delicious right i ate the first half of this and i was like oh shit it's three o'clock i don't have enough time to eat the rest of this fucking sandwich before i said i would go live so for you people <laughs> i put off eating this motherfucker for you so i don't want to hear any bullshit of like oh his eye coherent ass did horrible by himself this this that shut the fuck up <laughs> shut the fuck up that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> i don't mean any of that please don't go away <laughs> please don't leave me i'm just a podcaster who struggles struggles under the light of a camera <laughs> I'm not a streamer. I never claimed to be. <laughs> Other than that, I'm the 8-Bit Nobody. And this has been fun. And we'll catch you guys next time here on the comms. Now listen to my fucking exit music, also written by a friend and a family member, my cousin. Peace out, everybody.